All right. Well, welcome. We're at the Guilty by Association podcast. My name is Shelly D'Antonio. I'm here with BD Snow and Ricky from... Oh man, Ricky, I don't know how to say your last name. Zylum <laughs> from PSPM? Ricky Zillum. Zillum. Yeah. We just call him Ricky Z. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, we always call you Ricky known Z. He's so. around the Vanek <clears throat> offices as Ricky Z. Yeah. yeah, from PS Property Management. Yeah, in Austin, Texas. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, we're super pumped to have you here this week. Thanks for joining us for our customer advisory board. It's Abs- been awesome. Absolutely. It's been a great experience both ways. I uh, feel like we've walked away with a lot of knowledge, so... Yeah, for sure. We definitely missed you on the last one, but congratulations on the little one. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's a good excuse to miss, though, right? <laughs> right. Uh, no one's going to question that. No, not at all. Uh, especially when he was three days old, so. Yeah. That's right. How old is he now? Uh, ten and a half months. Wow. And it's the only time I will be quoting uh, dates by months. You know, <laughs> when he turns one, that's it. That's, I'm done with that. That's so weird to me, so. Is it easy to remember? To, like it just come, comes naturally, like ten months. Like I'd have to do math. Uh, my wife does a pretty good job oh, of yeah, taking pictures every date. month, yeah. mm-hmm. so it usually keeps me updated. And so, <laughs> but no, it's you just you just know. I mean, it's like your uh, it's like your like your birthday, right? I mean, you just you know it's burning new now, September twenty twenty third. You know, that's mm-hmm. just something you know. So, oh, that's cool. He's your next of kin. So, right. Well. <laughs> Let's get started with a little bit of your background. Like, how in the world did you end up in HOA management? Tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure, you know. sure. Uh, it's kind of a funny, weird story. But um, so uh, I'm in Austin, Texas. Um, the financial crisis happens in 2008. Um, my grandma lives in Austin, and she has a real estate business, quote unquote, that I think she has. And I'm like, okay. So I go to lunch with her one day, and uh, you know, she's had a rough time. Uh, she had just recently lost a husband. He had passed away. Uh, a lot of things were not going her way. Um, and I found out a lot more. You know, I was like, what do you do exactly? You know, and she's like, well, I manage HOAs and condo associations. I was like, what does that mean? And so we had a nice, really long talk. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that unfortunately came of uh, her husband dying was all this debt that he had. He was a construction guy and fortunately not a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... She had a, a really nice nest egg that had been depleted pretty hard uh, during that time. And then, you know, uh, she just didn't know what to do. You know, she's 74 years old and she's worked really hard. And I'm like, I think I, it was that day. I was like, this is not how that story ends. You know, this is this is not. No. So I just, you know, uh, she gave me an opportunity. I didn't know anything about the business. I literally started, you know, answering phones and just doing basic stuff. And, uh, you know, within six weeks, I was like, you know what? You really have something here we just got to like clean this baby up a little bit. And just from there, um, you know, I knew instantly if we had more opportunity that we would grow as a company. Um, so I started just teaching myself SEO and, and starting over on the whole like website stuff. And I, I, you know, I did, I had done a bunch of testing beforehand. I was like, well, we're on page six of Google, which is not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of figured, you know what, screw it. I can't, I can't mess it up any worse than this. So uh, just started kind of blogging, uh, about some of the things that I was learning in the industry. And then, you know, got real, real discouraged, honestly, cause nothing really happened immediately. Uh, it took like about, it was uh, like six months, I think, um, Google must've done an update or something. And all of a sudden I'm on page one. Not only am I on page one, we're like the first link, the second link, the third link in a row. And it's like, so instantly we got more opportunities and just kind of went on from there. So yeah, it's kind of a... Um, it's kind of a weird story, but you know, I, I'm in a situation now where, you know, we've grown tremendously as a company. We've, uh, grown with Austin as a city and, uh, you know, it's, it's really great. I still get to work with my family members and stuff mm-hmm. and, but it's not a, you know, not a burden. It's not a, it's not a big thing. And, and you know, really loving what we're doing. You know, at the end of the day, we, I love working with people and 
helping solving problems. And I think that's basically what we do all day long. So totally. I don't think that anyone that knows you would, you know, doubt that, um, the technology side is where you really leaned sure. in and getting that business started, especially with like, all, you know, all the different cool things that you're into now. So I'd, I'd be curious, like, where do you see our industry moving? Like, uh, it's a complicated question. Um, but I do see, uh, obviously technology leading the way. Um, you know, you're seeing it more and more every day. Uh, you know, they'll talk to companies like yourself and, and all of a sudden they realize, you know, you're, you're, you're automating things and you're doing, you know, things, uh, you know, just seamlessly and, you know, they very quickly realize, oh, okay, we need to do that. So, yeah, it's going to be very technology heavy. Um, you know, uh, I believe we live in a, a global workplace now. Um, I think remote staffing and remote workers are going to be certainly be a pinnacle of the future. Um, I don't think, you know, investing in, um, you know, employees and, and people that are on the ground in your market are, is ever going to go away. Uh, however, I do feel like you're going to find yourself investing in pillar uh, people in your in your organization, surrounding them with potential like uh, remote staffing and things like that to support them. So, sure. uh, but yeah, that's ultimately kind of where I see it going. Um, so, coming into the industry, and uh, I feel like a lot of a lot of us say you know experience this kind of like you know realization of like, hey, this industry is a little behind in certain sure. areas, right? Sure. Like, what do you think has contributed to that? Like. Um, I think a lot of it was just a uh, lack of, uh, you know, we're in a niche industry, right? Like mm -hmm. we're not uh, real estate brokers. We're not uh, mortgage brokers, you know? Um, so it's, it's always been a niche within a niche, right? We're, we're in management where we specialize in community management. So that's part of it. Um, I think part of it was some of the uh, generational gap that we had. Uh, I mean, a lot of people in that business, uh, they started out in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, technology took a while to kind of get to the ground. And, you know, they're looking at it like, well, everything's working. Everything's fine. You know, why why mess things up? Um, but, you know, little did they know there's amazing opportunity around the, the corner with another, you know, software vendor or, or what have you. Um, but I think that's, that's a big part of it. Um, and a lot of businesses uh, were not created from scratch in our mm -hmm. industry, right? You know, the owner now acquired it or was, you know, passed on along family. So that's another part of the reason too. I think if, if companies were actually started right now, that's exactly where they start is they, you know, technology first and it's the only thing because you don't have anything else. So, right. That's a good point. What are some of those things um, that you learned when you first stepped into the industry? Like, so you said that, you know, you had that conversation sure. with your grandmother, you started writing some blog posts. What are the things that surprised you or what did you learn um, about the industry? Just the lack of, or not a lack, but we we were in such a small world, like mm -hmm. like I said, we're a niche within a niche. So, um, you know, networking was easy because there's only so many people to kind of talk to. Um, a lot of people just don't. Uh, homeowners kind of have a weird connotation uh, with the thought of their HOA management company, um, and I saw that very early on. They kind of see us as the guy that you know, or girl that sends a letter and you know, don't do this and all of that, or send them a bill and. We've done a lot of things proactively to try to change that. Uh, we have event coordinators that work on, with our communities, uh, really trying to build that sense of community as opposed to just being the compliance police, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, but that, that was probably the main thing. And so we're, you know, it's we're certainly not, it's not like a done task. We're not done doing that. It's continuous education process. But, and that was another thing too, uh, lack of education, mm -hmm. lack of people understanding the roles of like, why does this HOA exist? 
uh, who's the management company. They sometimes thought that we were the HOA physically, which is kind of weird, you know. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. just little things like that. Um, but it mainly it was just lack of education. And so we try to do as much as we can to kind of counter out that. So let's stop there real quick. We all we love hearing about those ways, especially creative ways that management companies find to build community mm-hmm. out in the associations that they serve. I'd mm-hmm. be curious to hear some things of success stories recently. Yeah, I, ironically, uh, COVID brought out a lot of these creative juices that we that we've done. So like our event coordinator, for example, she couldn't she had to kind of get away from live events and she went to like virtual events. And we did little things like having, um, you know, uh, I think one of the good things that she did was like having a sidewalk chalk uh, drawing contest for the kids, right? You could mm-hmm. go outside and it was in front of your yard and they submitted pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, we really like That's to cool. get to get to behind events like national night out, uh, in Texas where it's really, really hot. We don't do it during the summer. We do it in October. Uh, but we get really behind that. Um, and just, yeah, like, uh, you know, when people were like, Hey, you know, I'm having trouble with my neighbor, you know, we'll encourage them like, Hey, did, did you, did you talk to your neighbor? Did you, did, you know, did, and most 99% of the time it's, well, no, I haven't done that. I was like, try that first, you know, like <laughs> yeah. open, having an open dialogue is the best way to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to kind of remind people like how to, how to socialize a little bit, how to, how to talk to your neighbor, how to know your neighbor. Cause you know, days past, that was a, that was a thing. Like, you know, Hey, I'm leaving town, Bob, can you watch my house? And like, I, there's just less of that now. And so we try to, reinforce some of those old school behaviors uh, to kind of just, you know, in general, make us seem like we're not just the bad guy, you know, or just someone they have to deal with, you know, we, we really kind of see ourselves as a pinnacle part of the community. So, yeah. So as you guys are building out those types of, you know, community experiences, obviously you guys, um, get approached by clients mm-hmm. that are dealing with their own issues in the association. So one thing we've been curious about is, you know, a lot of the conversations we have are like, you know, association going from one management company to another, right? But what about those management company or those associations now that are self-managed mm-hmm. and trying to do everything themselves and getting overburdened and stressed and, you know, that then it gets exacerbated in all these other issues. Like what type of advice would you give to associations that are considering making that leap to go in with a management company? Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not supposed to feel like a part-time job. And if mm-hmm. it does, then you mean you need to consider <laughs> uh, bringing on some help. I mean... Mm-hmm. And HOA itself, if you think about it, is, is a small little municipality. It's like a small city. Like they have a budget, they have they have collections, and they have all of this other stuff. And you know, um, self managed communities. While I commend them for taking on a huge task, I mean, that's you're doing the work of four or five people essentially, um, and yeah. on a volunteer basis. And you know, if you don't have the time or the know the knowledge or whatever to potentially doing it to, you know, to uh, the full extreme, then yeah, you definitely, at any point, if it feels like a part-time job, you need to be looking at your management options for sure. Because uh, there's so many things that people, you know, while they're afraid to maybe incur a monthly expense to go with that, um, they don't understand the value that we may be bringing to them, cost savings, mm-hmm. leveraging, technology, all of these things that maybe they don't have when they have zero uh, management involved, so... Yeah, and I think that that's something important for folks to realize, too. Um, like you said, it shouldn't feel like a part-time job. Mm-mm. A lot of owners aren't even aware that board members are volunteers. Correct. This is a yeah, volunteer job and something that you and sign up when, for. And when, when I mentioned that education piece, that's a big that was a big part of it. They mm-hmm. think that they're, they're like, paid and, right. you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're all these, like, evil people. It's like, look, that's your neighbor. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. they, they're doing this for free, and they're doing it for no other reason besides just to make the community better than it was when they started. So, um, 
yeah, most of the time, most of the time. Okay, so every every once in a while, there is some, yeah, there there is some people that have some agendas. I I get it, yeah. you know. Um, and if if that's you, you probably should just stay clear of the board, you know, because it's really meant for people that are truly trying to help. So. Mm. Yeah, so one of my buddies on uh, the western part of the state had a situation. I'd be curious to see how you'd how you'd handle, right? So come in, self-managed association. Mm -hmm. They had a board member that's been buddy-buddy with the developers for years, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's the one that calls the shots. He decides how meetings go. He tries to rewrite covenants and restrictions and that sort of thing. So it ended up bubbling up that, like, maybe he'd been paying vendors without invoice images, can't go back and reproduce invoice images. And we're wondering, why are we paying $10,000 for snow removal on a really short road, right? Mm. So... How do you have you had any of those type situations? Oh, yeah. that I mean, how do you handle those? Uh, they're each case by case. Sure. Um, you know, we've dealt with onboarding clients that have had money stolen from them uh, from usually very very small management companies or self managed scenarios, like you mentioned. So uh, we've come up behind that. Um, it's not very. It's not an easy situation. You have to you know really. Uh, educate yourself and the board and say, hey, we're, we're, we're going to do this, but it's going to be tough, you know, it, yeah. and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. You kind of have to map out a plan. Um, and quite frankly, if we ever run across somebody that doesn't seem right, the situation doesn't seem right, it's usually not for us. Mm -hmm. um, key word in our office is transparency. Um, and so if we can't exemplify that with you for whatever reason, then you're probably not a good fit for us. So, Man, that's a cool place to be as a management company, though, right? It, it is. It is. I mean, like it, you know, as we know, as I know, I mean, when you're super small, you're, you know, you're looking to potentially gain uh, market yeah. share. You know, you're a little bit more flexible on things, and then when it does get to a point, you're like, listen, I, my more our morals and our where we stand as a company is more important than maybe the additional revenue, and it is a nice feeling. Um, it helps uh, keep morale going in the office. Uh, you don't have to deal with you know necessarily, you know client they may not want to be dealing with mm -hmm. you can avoid bad situations so yeah it is it's certainly a nice feeling to have a little bit of options on that are you seeing that pretty much just with prospects and things like that or are you having to have some of those conversations with people that you've been in a management relationship with uh, you know every once in a while we will see something we're like hey um you know let's let's chat um whether it's a like a banking issue or whatever you know again we're, we like to exemplify transparency so if we're in a situation where maybe we only hear from one board member all the time and it's like, wait a second, you know, are we, are we getting the group input or are we just getting one person? So we are very conscious of that. Um, we do have to make some corrections here and there and it's not anything big. It's just usually having a conversation and saying, Hey, you know, we saw this. It's not exactly how we want to do things. Uh, what's your, what's your thoughts? What's your input? And sometimes they don't even realize what's going on. So they don't know that that could be, for example, like if you have an association and they happen to hire a landscaper whose brother, you know, brother-in-law is on the board or whatever, you know, it's like, you know, like we try to, we, we do our best to kind of keep our associations out of the pitfalls of liability as much as we can. So sure. And that's generally well received. Yeah. I mean, they understand, I mean, if it's not, uh, it only <laughs> exemplifies the fact that they have some kind of agenda and that we need to kind of separate ourselves in, in some way. Yeah. So, mm. uh, so yeah, the, the all, all the good conversations are very open to, to that. So are those situations where you see that you maybe have a bad actor on the board, but it might be worthwhile salvaging the relationship? Oh, abso types abso of decisions absolutely. And, and how do you and, approach that? And, well, I mean, um, with patience, um, <laughs> is, is probably the, the, the first part, um, because I've seen it, uh, we've all seen it, where you know you have a a working relationship with a client, and then all of a sudden the board member changes, and it's completely different. It could go bad, could go good, um, but you, yeah, if there's just one 
bad apple. Um, you know, again, we, we'll, we, we can do some things where we can kind of pull that person aside and kind of do some one-on-one stuff. If that doesn't seem to resonate, um, we can go to the other board members and kind of talk to them and say, hey, you know, what's going on with this person? Like, how do we handle this? And if they don't have any, like, insight, then we just kind of, you know, try to figure it out as much as we can. But, you know, there's some different strategies that you can kind of try. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there's only so many uh, years on a, on a board member term. So eventually it will end. Um, you know, some people think they are on there for life, but, um, but, and that's another thing too. It's like, look, if, if you, you know, we'll encourage people like, Hey, show up to an annual meeting, vote for this, you know, vote for these people, you know, have a say, uh, if you don't like what's going on, then, you know, change it. So, you know, one of the things that, um, we, uh, we tell people is if they have an issue in their, their association, we, the first thing we suggest them is like, Hey, let's get involved. Like get on a committee. If you don't want to, if a board position is too, uh, too intimidating or, you know, have time for that, but get, certainly get involved. Cause I mean, being on the board is the, the best way to get your influence into the community or whatever, whatever that may be. So, so let's talk about community engagement. Is that trending upwards is that trending downwards like how, what? I, I think on if anything it's it's probably slightly trending downwards um empathy is something that we deal with at times uh you know people are busy uh their lives careers families all that good stuff and we realize we're dealing with volunteers so it it, it can happen um i think the the best way to kind of encourage that is make it available with a lot of technology make it easy um send them feedback, reach out for feedback on like things that they know they care about. Like we just sent out a survey not too long ago for an association. They're, they're doing a big pool remodel. Well, mm-hmm. we wanted to know what matters to them. So we listed out, you know, five or six different new features and had them rank it and the whole deal. So uh, giving them actual f- uh, opportunities to give you feedback without just being the, again, like the violation letter giver or whatever mm-hmm. is a great way to kind of get the, the two way communication going. So, is there anything in particular? Like how do you how do you convey that message to your staff? Who's actually talking to these these different people? Do you guys do anything specifically to train around these types of situations? Oh yeah, yeah. We we'll, we have uh, uh, so we have weekly manager meetings, which we do a lot of like operational stuff, and then we have monthly meetings where there's a theme. Um, sometimes we'll bring a vendor in. Sometimes we'll just talk about hey, let's. Uh, how to get ready for pool season, that kind of thing. And, and usually we'll have a topic like that once every three or four months where it's just a general manager topic. Uh, we'll have kind of what we consider just like a virtual round table. Um, everyone's on Zoom, um, you know, because they're all different offices, different schedules. But uh, we just open up the floor. Everyone has to talk. It's kind of like a rule. Uh, they have to have their camera on. It's very engaging. Um, and we tell them to bring what's the one thing that you want to talk about, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, and that's usually how we kind of resolve some of that stuff. So, so going back to the Zoom meeting piece, what percentage of your board meetings now are held via Zoom versus in person? I would go a hundred percent, hundred percent, in a very tech-heavy um, Austin. Um, in fact, I was a big fan of virtual board meetings before it was uh, trendy, before mm-hmm. before COVID happened. Um, and we've actually changed our agreement to where if you actually do want the in-person meetings, it's actually a little bit a little bit more expensive. Um, it, it's just a good, it, to me, it, uh, we believe it's much more efficient. Um, you can kind of literally be on the fly looking for something if they are asking a question and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're not leaving, you know, you're not going to, you know, because the old situation was you're going to a, literally a board member's house. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not getting home until like 10 o'clock at night. So, you know, the, the digital alternative is certainly better. Um, it makes, you know, uh, documenting the meeting easier too because we record them all mm-hmm. and, 
and all of that. So people really, I mean, now that we all know that everyone can use Zoom, uh, because that, 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 I think that was the only holdback is you would right. have one, maybe two people in the group that are like not as comfortable with technology, but as you know, as COVID showed us, we're resilient people and we can figure it out. And so that was the perfect opportunity for me back to shut that door completely. So you guys didn't have many of those boards that said, I don't do computers. We got to figure out another way. No, no. They, they realized uh, they, this, is way, this is the way they talk to anybody right then, you know, mm-hmm. grandkids, family, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so. Were, were there any objections prior to COVID? So before everybody just got used to this, um, uh, oh, how, yeah, did handle, yeah. how did you handle some of those for those folks that, that do still have those boards? We, we catered to them. Yeah. I mean, we did. I mean, we had no choice. Um, that's why... Uh, you know, that the event of COVID was a perfect like catalyst to continue moving that forward. I mean, most people before I say about half were, eh, and then after that, it's like okay, well, we we got this. So, do you find your boards are pretty open to um, other types of technology and utilizing and adopting those outside of the Zoom calls? Yeah, uh, we bring a lot of that to uh, to them. Um, you know, whether it's a suggestion on an access system or a security system. Uh, we obvi- we utilize a, a texting platform that connects us to them that also connects to our main system. Um, so yeah, countless things we're always kind of bringing to them um, only only with the goal of being a better than what cur- the current situation is. We're not trying to overcomplicate it with technology because that mm-hmm. can be a thing. True, you can't overwhelm people with that. Um, but if it, it certainly brings a process, improves the process, makes things easier, faster, quicker, we're always looking at it. So yeah, it sounds like the texting. Uh, process been going pretty well for y'all. Huh? No, it has. We, we've had that for about a year now. Um, it uh, The engagement has increased. I was looking at some reports, uh, 40% month after month over the last several months. Mm. Um, so it, it enables people to get real-time answers, um, you know, in real, you know, 24-7, 365, literally from their phone, no, uh, no apps, no software. So we've really enjoyed that. Uh, it helps to really just support our customers. You know, they... they we found out at the end of the day, you know, portals are great, doc, you know, place to put documents and storage and all that, all of that stuff everyone's got. Uh, at the end of the day, they want the answer to their question. And so we've made that a little bit easier by making like four or five, 600 of the most popular questions available in an on-demand format. So they, sure. they really do enjoy that. Yeah, it's a neat service for sure. Yeah, I mean, so instead of sending someone to a portal to dig through a 100-page document to find the ultimately what they want the answer to, we've really just broken that down and given it to them directly. So... Are you are you utilizing that text for anything outside of that um, kind of FAQ format? Uh, yeah, I mean we we use it for mass text okay. um, when we have events. We'll we'll utilize that um, if there's a, a weather emergency or what have you. We'll, we'll certainly get them on that. Or if there's a, a water shutdown or anything that you know that we think is pretty crucial, we will send it out uh, via mass text. Uh, but yeah, people have really just really enjoyed it. So. We're going to continue on it and we continue to evolve it. Uh, eventually, we will we'll go to phase two, where phase two is basically where you, board members will actually have uh, special rights to be able to ask for on-demand documents, like send me the most recent uh, you know, violation report or the most recent uh, community report or what have you. So that's kind of the next idea with 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 that product. So That sounds cool. You no, know, it's it's something that we, we certainly want it to be uh, a, more of a feature for us kind of moving forward. So. Mm-hmm. What do you think the technology that the industry right now is lacking the most? Um, I, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, 
usually uh, establishing integration uh, connections is, is what I see is probably the hardest. Everyone's got uh, schedules, agendas, and, and visions and goals. And, you know, everyone in theory wants to work with everyone, but then it doesn't always, you know, work, you know, as smoothly as you might think it was. Um, so I think, you know, integrating softwares, you know, is obviously a, a tough one. Um you know, and, and just being able to like, you know, again, I live in Austin and it's very tech heavy. So my customers tend to lead the, the forefront when it comes to that stuff. So I'm always even getting blown away, but you know, this is the, the, the minimum threshold for what it is now. So, um, but yeah, I keep going about to integrations. I think that's just getting, getting software to talk to banks and, and other, you know, ancillary services is probably one of the tougher things. What are some of those things, being that you're in a very forward-thinking area, what, what do you see coming next down the pipe? Like what, what's uh, Well, I, I think texting on demand is, is a big thing, and that's kind of why we went to it. Um, we, we toyed with the idea of coming out with an app and doing some of these other things. Um, we have some competitors, obviously, that have, have apps, and we kind of decided, you know what, like we're going to get in a game where we're probably losing because we're trying to catch up. So what's next? And that's where we kind of thought about the texting thing. So I certainly think that's it. Um, you know, not now, now, but in the next three to five years, you're going to see some AI stuff, um, mm -hmm. you know, AI management based code and, and things like that. So you'll certainly see a lot more of that. Um, people don't like to hear that sometimes because mm -hmm. they think that, you know, immediately they might be out of a job or, or what have you. And that's not necessarily the case. However, you will see that play out in the next three or five years for sure. For sure. Where do you see AI being applied initially? Uh, to, to your basic requests uh, you know we had a conversation about this uh earlier this week but you know there will be a day where you can go hey alexa what do i owe on my hoa balance they will tell you and and with a command you will be able to pay that and it's that kind of voice command stuff uh being able to automatically uh dispatch a, a vendor for a work order if you've already got that kind of like pre-set up um you know that's that's it'll start with basic things um mm -hmm. but eventually it will evolve into, you know, auto reconciling and, and doing all these other things. Like if, if the auto reconciles and we're sending out the report and all that good stuff. So, right. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, um, again, some people like to kind of be fear based on it and, and I, I embrace it. You know, yeah. it's coming, just be ready for it. You know, it's just like any other technology. Um, you know, internet, guess what? The internet's here to stay people. So, you know, that's, this is the same thing. It, it, it's going to be a big player. Um, you'll see it in other industries first because, you know, obviously there's, there's a bigger need in some of those other places, but eventually that's, that'll be the, the name of the game. Um, are there other industries? So you said that, that we'll see some of these things in other industries first. Do you think there's particular industries that H, like community management and HOA management tend to follow as it relates to those things? Um, yeah. I mean, it follows the, the real estate uh, industry a little bit. Um, another industry that there's some commonalities is like uh, self-storage facilities. Um, that's a, that's a common one. It's kind of a, you know, a similar situation with, you know, management and, and, and clients and tenants and automation and locks and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, but really those two um, probably lead the way. Um, but it, it's funny you ask that because it's really just everything else. Because um, one of the things that, one of the feedback I always get is, you know, people are like, well, why can't you do X, Y, and Z? Because my bank can do it. And it's like, well, you know, they they, they invented okay. the technology. <laughs> so yeah, they can do it. So uh, they're, we're constantly being compared to other things like that are available to consumers. So we're constantly being compared to any, anything that consumer touches, really. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's a tough position to be in sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is. Uh, it pushes you to be better, though. Right. It honestly does. I mean, I understand, like, you know, you know, the customer's always right, and I do believe that to be true. And, you know, they're going to ask for what they want, not because they don't want to hurt your feelings. They just want what they want. And you can, you know... I have a saying in our office, feedback's feedback. You can do what you want with it, right? You can you can be pissed off and, you know, slam your desk on the, on the desk, or you can, you know, take a deep breath and say, you know, let's let's figure this out. So and that's kind of how the, the, we take it on that. So we, we take it as a challenge, and we try to meet those as much as we can. Well, you do a great job of keeping your finger on the pulse of, like, what's moving, like where mm-hmm. the what direction the industry is heading and really, like, helping drive the, the change there. And we, you know. Absolutely love working. And, with and I think reason. one of the reasons that that actually works for us is we are not hesitant to take vendor appointments. We mm-hmm. actually encourage it. We want to know, you know, not everyone's going to be a fit, but uh, certainly want to know what's available out there. So it really kind of just gets you thinking um, about what what is next. So totally, and what is possible. So. Yeah. What do you think is outside of technology? What do you think is um, happening in the community industry right now? A lot of consolidation. Yeah, um, uh, you're seeing it all over the place. Um, you're getting private equity money coming into the world for the first time in a while. Um, and, you know, I the, just, there are, there is a, a kind of a, a movement to, you know, as much as we've been talking about technology to get more towards the old school stuff that we mentioned earlier, like the community involvement, the, the events and stuff like that. There is a, a need and push for that. And, you know, it's not unnatural. I mean, people were kind of, essentially locked down for, you know, anywhere from three to six months, mm-hmm. if not longer. Um, and they, so they just want to get out and experience the world. So, so you're pitching again to a client against a nationwide association mm-hmm. management company. Mm-hmm. What's your pitch? You know, just say to our, say to our truth. Uh, we are a, a local company. Um, you know, they, they certainly feel confidence in that. They, they realize they're calling a local person. Um, and just the connection. We're not just, you're, they are just not a number to us. They're, we work on a relationship type base, basis. And uh, I th- they really, I think they really see that and appreciate that. You know, mm-hmm. they can get a hold of us. They can, they can talk to us. Um, we're very approachable. And at the end of the day, we're, we, we, they, I think they really sense that we are really trying to help them be better. So. so if I'm a board member in one of these communities that you're pitching, <clears throat> what, what are the types of questions that I should be asking? Going through this process That's as a board a member. Question. No, very good. Um, you um, you need to be asking anything you want. I mean, it's your, it's essentially an interview. So you are the one that, you know, will initially, you know, hire them, if you will. So it really anything is, is on board. Uh, you want to talk about, you want to know their uh, accounting setup. You want to know what kind of software they're interacting with. Uh, that's because, you know, whether it's today or, you know, a year from now, that will be obviously a huge role. So... We usually demo that. You take them kind of take them through our tech world. Um, you certainly want to know about um, just accounting practices in general. What your expectations as a board member versus uh, the management company? What are yeah. you What are you doing versus what you're expecting me to do? Um, what you know? What really? Uh, what's What's to be expected? What is, What's your service level agreement? Is it you know? Are you getting back to people in 24 hours and or is it you know a week later or whatever it may it may be? Um, and then, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about pricing and all that, but, you know, make sure you know all the different kind of hidden costs that can come up. We try to do a pretty, um, all, uh, as much of an all-inclusive approach as we can. Uh, every once in a while, there's, you know, things that we have to kind of, you know, charge on an individual basis for, but, um, but really making sure that all those numbers add up. Um, 
some of the nationwide competitors, you know, collections is a big thing for them, right? So they're not really thinking about that because all they see is a low management fee. But if they kind of did this some reverse math and started adding that up, it's like, ooh, um, not such a, you know, value, if you will. So just knowing knowing the numbers, um, do your, you know, do your homework. Ask for references. I, I'm kind of shocked when people don't ask me for those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, and, you know, more than that, maybe even, you know, if they have, if you know a community that they manage, go take a look at it. You know, they can, you know, it's very easy to have a couple yeah. buddies that you can always give as references, but go check it out yourself. What does it look like? Does it look good? Does it look, does it not look good? Yeah. You know, or things on cups, you know, um, just little strategies there. With that management agreement, um, what do you think are the, the, the pieces of the relationship between a board and a management company that's the most misunderstood by both part by one or both parties or where the expectations are the most misaligned? I, I think just the general scope of work. Um, they just assume that you do it all mm-hmm. and you do it all the time and you do it whatever they say. And it's not, you know, the agreements with the association, not with the individual. And I think that's a big thing that people sometimes misunderstand. They you know, might think that you work for me, quote unquote, which, you know, we we do in a way, but mm-hmm. it's for the association. So I think that just the scope of work and being very um, transparent with that is key. I know if that's, uh, you know, unlimited number of hours or you're limiting the hours to, you know, somebody, somebody per week or month or whatever it may be. So I think just that, because if, if you don't land, if you don't line that out, they just assume you do it all. How do you tend to address that when you're onboarding? You have is that like a component of the training that you do? Oh like yeah, I mean we we um I, we even d- talk about it in the interview process mm-hmm. uh, just to make sure that if you know we do go that line that, that we're we're aligned um, and that's because that's it, that, and I call it just making sure we have the right management philosophy or share that same management philosophy for them. Meaning, and our main one is just look if something's broken or out of repair, we need to fix it. And so we need the, the ability to be able to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you're able to do that because you're, you're healthy financially. Uh, you're not, you know, strongholding the management group, anything like that. So we need the, we need the freedom to be able to do our, you know, operate. Um, but, you know, just making sure that all of that is aligned with the board is, is mm-hmm. probably the key there. So you mentioned earlier, like, hey, board member, if you feel like you have a part-time job, red flag, mm-hmm. maybe start asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. So on the other side of that coin, there are, responsibilities of board members and things that they do have to do right Mm -hmm. so like what are those things that you feel like okay these are those core things that a board member like needs to make sure that going into those that they're aware i'm gonna have to do this management company isn't doing it sure uh you know uh depends on the role specifically but you know we have our board members and approve invoices um approve meeting minutes uh, obviously attend meetings um and just be in general involved um uh the, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's essentially where we're at. I mean, we, uh, we, we do want their input. We want, you know, we provide them bids and things. So we, we like them to make the selection. Um, you know, they, they usually insist on it as well. So, um, you know, bid selection, um, having an understanding of the financial picture, not necessarily memorizing it per se, cause that's certainly something we will take care of, but having an understanding that, uh, yeah, we are not making ends meet and we maybe need to raise assessments or, look at a special assessment, that kind of thing. So, mm. Do you have a lot of challenges with folks that might be coming from a background where they don't understand those financials, become a board member, and then helping them understand, especially if they've got an unhealthy financial basis? 100%. Um, and that's, 
you know, don't don't hurt me, CPAs, but we use cash accounting. Um, <laughs> we find that it's easier to understand, um, and and it's, it usually paints a clearer picture for them. And most of our associates have under a you know, a quarter million dollar budget for the year, you know, they're usually on the smaller end of things. So, uh, you know, that's not super, cal- ca- uh, you know, calculated or, you know, complicated. And so we, uh, we try to make that simple. I mean, a lot of it's just trading, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, if they're not coming from a financial background, uh, we c- what we do is like to walk them through our financial report completely. And so they understand where these numbers came from. And so if they c- if we can start to establish that, then it all comes a little bit easier. Uh, having great software obviously helps too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got it available to where, you know, board members can see live bank balances, uh, you know, even the live register, if you will, invoices, the whole thing. So that certainly helps as well. Goes back to that transparency thing right. you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. speaking of transparency, let's talk about reserve funding. Okay. Okay. All right. You having a lot of those conversations lately? A lot Are more. You having I'll, to force them, I'll, or do I'll, you see that a lot more lately? Um, you know, my market, you know, fortunately has been kind of a, in a boom time uh, time period for a while. So a lot of our uh, condos and things are a little bit newer. There are some that are a little bit older, um, and we have kind of made the internal decision. Uh, we kind of have a benchmark age of the property. If you're more than 35 years old, uh, you need to be having one. And mm-hmm. if you don't, and you don't want to pay for it. That is a sign that uh, we we certainly take and put in our mental no, notepad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whether we're talking about getting involved with them or they're involved with them, and then currently or what have you. But yeah, certainly it's becoming a very um, important important thing. And it's not just because you need to know the information. It makes the whole the whole uh, scenario much easier to understand, right? If yeah. if they get a proper reserve study that is attached to a cloud based software and all the good stuff that comes with it the annual meeting is done for you. You right. present numbers, mm-hmm. you're done. There's not really much a debate. It's not my opinion that you need to go up. It's just the numbers speaking truth. Right. So get that engineering. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 mm-hmm. that, I mean, the, as we talked about trends, that will be a huge trend uh, the next two years as well. Uh, you will see a lot more legislative pieces come down the pipe, uh, wanting more of that. Um, and it, 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 I think eventually the banks will demand it. Yeah, they will. They will say, "Hey, to lend a mortgage on this property, we need a reserve study on file." Period. And I think what that will, we will get to a point where that happens. So you're not getting asked many of those questions now, at least on the bank side for finance. We've decisions. gotten a few. A few. Uh, we had a few uh, right when the Fannie Freddie stuff kind of came out recently. Um, we had a few bankers calling us like, "Hey," and again. It's the way it's, you know, it's a whole other side topic, but it's very vaguely written. So we answered it the way we could. Mm-hmm. And that was really it. Um, again, we're not seeing all the cases. Our real estate market's pretty hot. So you're not really going to see like a whole lot of sales drop off or whatever because of something specific to that. But you will eventually we will see it. Are you guys considering any proactive measures to go look at your associations and make sure that, you know, three, five years, they've got the right backing for some of those banking questions? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, I mean, budget season for us is obviously really huge. We do a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff there. Um, we actually have a whole week committed to it. Um, we'll actually lock everyone down in a room. We'll share everyone's budgets, uh, talk about, um, you know, because same municipalities, insurance, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, we're all, we're, we internally have a system where we actually give them a financial grade. Um, and we know exactly where they're at and there's certain pinnacles they kind of have to hit to be able to change that grade one way or the other. Um, 
So we certainly try to keep them a brief about it as much as possible. Nobody wants to be staring at a $35,000 special assessment in the mm-hmm. face. You know, nobody wants to do that. So we try to prevent that as much as possible. So for those of us uh, out there that aren't super familiar with special assessments and why that would even be an equation, help paint that picture. Sure. I mean, it's, it's just, a, it, you see it a lot more in the condo world, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a simple, um, you know, back in the day, they used to call it a cash call. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got a project that you got to, you got to replace your roof. You got to, re, you know, paint, paint the exterior, what have you. And you, you just simply don't have the money in there. And so they can do this thing called a special assessment where essentially the association bills, uh, every, all the, all its owners, uh, it gives them a time frame to pay and a, and a, and a number to get there. Um, we try to encourage, if you, if you have a big project, we try to encourage maybe going get some financing via a bank loan. And so you can potentially do all of that at one time. Um, instead of just relying on special assessment funds to come in and then that whole thing. So, right. Boards tend to lean towards that option as well on the financing side. Uh, It it, it depends. I mean, it depends who we're talking to. Uh, most people like myself, if they're like, just get it done, get it over with. Um, they love the loan option because you can get it all done at one time. You can, you can, you know, there's more power in negotiation and buying power when you're doing all that at one time. Um, but then I have someone that just, they don't like the idea of debt. Um, and that's usually coming from their own personal lives, which Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to change that. Right. So they would rather just do a special assessment and all the things that go with that. We obviously don't like doing those if we can avoid them. Um, it's inconvenient for the, for the homeowner. They got to come up with money pretty quickly. You know, most of these special assessments are due. They will want them due anywhere from one to six months. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for, most people, they don't have 30000 or, you know, it's not always $30,000, but they don't have an extra $5,000 just, like, laying around, like, wanting, you know, for a home, you mm-hmm. know. So they usually have to shift around or pull from savings or retirement or refi or both, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's certainly a more approachable option to kind of go big financing package. But, you know, it just kind of depends. You know, there's, there's some people that just love the idea of keeping everything as low as possible, and then special assessing their way out of when they get in a financial jam, which again we're not big, we're not big proponents yeah. of. It's a tough so. position to be in, right? Well, yeah, nobody wants to be US dealing with a, an organization right? that is, you know, that cash sensitive, right? Right. right. You don't have to, you don't want to worry about not paying their electric bill because you're like, oh, I don't know if we have enough money or what have you, so or uh, emergency repair. So, um, yeah, we do we do make sure to inform uh, communities that. We kind of have an inside rule that, you know, even though they may not be fully funded for the reserves, at minimum, they need to have the equivalent of their insurance premium in that bank. Right. So. At the very least, another good plug for reserve studies there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, um, in our former lives, uh, managing associations here on the East Coast, you know, get battered by hurricanes. Mm -hmm. That's when we would always see our special assessments and it tended to be the associations that didn't have reserve funding and it was a big issue right now. Mm -hmm. You're hit with $35,000 special assessment and you're considering, do I sell this unit? And then your receivables for that goes through the roof and then the folks that do decide to stay. Yeah. Kind of SOL. Yeah, you'll you'll see a lot of that uh, reserve information be a lot more fluid. You know, the traditional way is, you know, giant PDF packet and, and a bunch of numbers and you'll start to see that kind of more uh, in a real-time basis, I think, going forward. Got any questions for us today? Sure. I mean, um, what's the what's the hardest thing to do, um, you know, handling a management company like ourselves? Like, what what are some of the, the, the most demanding things that we come to you for, asking for? Um, do we... Um, do we, f- do we fully understand what goes into all the things that, you know, make the software happen or are we always just selfish, 
you know, greedy pigs that want everything right now? Yeah, no, that's a very interesting <laughs> question, actually. Um, I think it's less about being like the greedy pig demanding thing. Like you guys are asking questions for very valid reasons. Uh -huh. Like there's, there's a thing you're trying to solve. You're looking for a way to solve it. Mm -hmm. I think the challenge for us is even when it's a very simple something, mm -hmm. there's a lot of very simple so somethings. There's still a process. Mm -hmm. There's still a prioritization. There's yeah, um, yeah, I think like we've that. even had so, conversations about that where I, yeah. I think it may be a little thing, but it turns out it's a big thing. Yeah, you know? it turns out to be like, A, it's, it's either logically way more complicated or B, it's just 15 on the list of, mm -hmm. you know, a mm -hmm. thousand. How, what's, yeah. the, what's the best method that you guys use to prioritize uh, your relationships with integrations and stuff like that? Hmm. Hmm. That's yeah. Tough. So I think we look at a couple of different things. Um, impact, like, so impact, right? How impactful is this going to be? Like both on a, how many companies are going to leverage and take mm -hmm. advantage of this? How big of a deal is it to that company? Like, is this something that's affecting your day job? Uh, or is it something that's affecting a process you're doing once a year? Mm -hmm. Um, and then because with that becomes timing, right? Like we don't want to, um, you know, we're not going to go change like your coupon generation in December mm -hmm. when all of your annual coupons are about to come out. Let's just get rid of coupon books. Yeah, in we, if you yeah. <laughs> whole other conversation. Yeah. Whole other conversation. <laughs> Let's get rid of coupon books. Yes, yes. yes. Um, so I think that that's that's a huge part of of looking at it. And then you know, what is the complexity? What's the risk here? Mm -hmm. um, so if we're going to change something, is that going to you know change one of our core processes and and things like that? What's the biggest change in the association world that you've seen over your last five or six years? Hmm. That's good being one. on the other side of things. Well, and maybe this is just because I've got some recent conversations we've been having on the brain. But um, to me, what's been so striking is this transition to um, almost complete virtual postures by a lot of these mm -hmm. clients yeah. that have traditionally been, no, I need someone in my office mm -hmm. in the seat because unless I can see them in their office every day, I don't know they're working. Right. Right. And right. so now those same folks that said they would never consider hiring even remote employees that just live down the road because they're a single mom and they got to drop their kids off. Like, mm -hmm. no, we're going to find someone else. Now they're considering hiring someone from the Philippines or Mexico to do invoice coding. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's the reality of where they're at right now. So right. that's like come quickly. That's been a very, very rapid development. Do you, do you yeah. feel like they're doing that out of desperation or need? Yeah. And generally that, that's that's why they're, they're generally doing yeah it's usually not i want to forward think and i'm building a plan for how i want my organization to scale and i'm going to incorporate these things although there is a lot of that thought but that's been spurred on by the reality of the last year and a half where i have just a ton of employee turnover and it mm -hmm. takes me weeks and weeks and weeks to get someone ramped up if i can even find someone right. and the folks that i can find are going to ask to be remote they're going to ask to be paid way more than what they would normally be asked for so mm -hmm. what are my options here right so now you're forced to either go into like some random outside market and then train and take that all on yourself. Or is there another option here? You mm -hmm. know, so somebody uh, may maybe is toying with the idea of getting in the HOA management business. Mm. What's your advice? People are the most important yeah. in how you treat them and the culture that you build around your organization. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's identifying the right people, taking care of the right people, giving them the right tools and resources mm -hmm. Um, I think is really critical and really key. And then I think the education part is yeah. very important. So um, we talk a lot about owners don't necessarily understand the role of a management company. And so especially if your management company starting out and you're soliciting that business, making that a, a key part of your messaging. What's the, what's the biggest mistake you see HOA management companies making? Complicating things. Overcomplicating things. People like one. to overcomplicate. Yeah. Are, that, they do, are they doing it intentionally? That in the way that folks approach... No, maybe not intentionally. Okay. Over engineer. It's easy to over engineer a solution mm -hmm. um, to try to figure out all of like the outside scenarios and plan for every contingency. Mm -hmm. um, 
realistically is that possible especially in considering like in and there's a timeline for us too and like and how we interact with our clients in that life cycle you know we have that initial onboarding phase where it doesn't always make sense for you to build the entire house and deck it out and put your sure. custom cabinets in and as our you know our, our buddy dana likes to use the analogy like get into the model home right get in feel it out then change the carpet then paint then install new drapes, right? Right. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks are going to come in and they get so hung up on what color they want the interior walls to be that the house never gets built, right? Or it takes so long Mm -hmm. to get built that they're thinking through the wrong things, right? So figuring out what are the things that really do matter, lock those things in, get things stable, and then invest in the team, right? Getting their buy-in and taking that feedback to how we want to develop this out. Mm -hmm. Sounds like some hyper-focus along with um, uh, the willingness just to to get started. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I... We'll make a quick plug for EOS here. Oh. I see that being a critical, critical tool that small management companies, just small businesses in general, I don't care what organization you're in. Yeah, right? I mean, like, we're, we're on EOS uh, for the last three, four months now. Actually, really, really excited about it. Um, they have a lofty goal of to get to 100,000 businesses. Um, they've done uh, like 18,000 businesses that, that are on EOS right now, and they have a big lofty goal of doing it, uh, 100,000. So it's they're headed in the right direction. And certainly it's... Um, I think it's unique to our industry only because I think a lot of companies didn't have that mm. HR mm-hmm. role, culture role. Um, and a lot of companies like ourselves started out with three, four, five people. You know, yeah. you didn't mm-hmm. have a people problem until you got to 30 or 35. So well, right. that's one thing I love so much about EOS. And we'll just say in entrepreneurial operating system, mm-hmm. little plug for the, the book traction there. But um, a lot of times what I see is that EOS process basically supplementing their mm. management company's lack yeah. of HR, right? right? Like right. I'm able to deal through a lot of the things that normally would be HR functions because they bubble up in those conversations. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't come easy. Um, and having some of those, uh, you know, putting in the work and with EOS is not, you know, something that you really want to do all the time. Um, but certainly it's massively beneficial in the long run. So, totally. So. totally. Solid questions. Absolutely. Yeah, those are um, some very good questions. Well, guys, it's uh, been fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I uh, appreciate you guys having me. Um, you know, certainly we'll be back at the next uh, Vanica Vision uh, conference here in November. So I'm certainly excited about that. Let me go a little bit deeper. Um, we'll be bringing some, some of our team members for the first time as well. So yeah, we're looking, excited about that. Looking, for, looking forward for that. So yeah, thank you for the folks. plug. Thank you for the plug on that. We're excited about Vanica Vision happening absolutely. in November. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, you guys have been a pinnacle part of our growth for the last, you know, decade or so. And so we certainly appreciate that, you know. I think one thing we didn't really touch on, but, you know, surrounding yourself with the best business partners available yeah. is certainly a key to success in this industry. So that's been our key for sure. We you guys are certainly uh, leading the way in it when it comes to that. So, yeah, well, we appreciate the partnership. Absolutely. We really do. We really do. Well, guys, well, we'll see you then. We'll see you in November. Looking so. forward to it. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you. Andy. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Guilty by Association. We'll see you next time.